When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jay here for Stretford Paddock, and this is the Devils Podcast. Joining me today are Casey Evans. How are we doing, Case? I'm all right, thanks, you, Jay. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. We'll get into the reasons why in a minute. Um, Joe Smith, of course. Joe? How the Devils are you? Oh, nicely done. Never gets old. It's a new one I'm trying. And from our friend over the from over the pond, even uh, John Shin. How are we doing, John? Hey, what's going on? Pleasure to be back. What what time is it there? Uh, actually, it's eight. It's not too bad. Oh, in that case, yeah, hey, you guys giving me a little bit more time to get uh, get out of bed, so we're okay. Oh, <laughs> it's usually six a.m. for John when we're filming these, so uh, he's had a bit of a lie in this morning. Um, we're gonna get cracking on the obvious topic, which is Jaden Sancho. At the time recording, it looks like he's about to sign. There's talk and expectation and rumours and stories that he will get the number seven shirt. I'm going to ask you first, Joe. Yes. The number seven shirt. Yes. Since Ronaldo left, I read it somewhere. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo left for Real Madrid Mm -hmm. um, in 2009. I think that shirt or the players occupying that shirt have scored a total of, I think, 15 league goals. And you wouldn't have wanted any more in that time, <laughs> would you? 15, when you say, like, I knew it was a lot, but it, when you say 15, it's I think it's, it's 15, yeah. It? It's really staggering, Does the amount of goals that they've managed to score in that time. I mean, 15, what is that? An average of over one a season, which is, <laughs> for me, anything, that's what you're looking for from a sort of a talisman, isn't it? <laughs> one got 1.5 goals a season, um, brilliant. Um, yeah, it's not been great, has it? Who who has been the, the owner of that shirt in that time? Valencia. We've had Memphis, Michael Owen, Michael Owen, Memphis, Di Maria, Di Maria. Um, Did Valencia? Yeah, you said Valencia. Yeah, Valencia yeah. had it, and then was like, "Oh, I don't like this anymore. You can have it back." Sanchez, Please. of Take course, off, and then yeah. Sanchez finally, who looks like you said to be going uh, to Inter Milan, um, roughly the same time that we are getting Jaden Sancho. Well, I didn't say that. You mean like you said? I never said that. Well, um, all right. <laughs> Yeah, You're putting words in my mouth. Why I didn't say anything about Alex Sancho bit, going to win at Milan? The so what Sancho you're lying for? is happening Jay soon. Yeah. And I was going to say, like you said, that deal looks to be happening soon. And at the same time, I am now saying <laughs> that uh, Sanchez looks to be going to Inter Milan. We'll have a word after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's one of them where 
it has been bad, hasn't it? And I, don't, I wouldn't even blame the pressure of the shirt on any of them. Maybe Valencia, who came out and said, like, I don't want the shirt anymore, put me back to what I was. Um, but other than that, I just think it's the players haven't been right. Like, obviously, Owen, you know, he did all right for scored what he was worth. Goal. Yeah, he scored that goal. Scored a couple of goals in the Carling Cup against Barnsley, uh, or Rotherham, whoever it was. Barnsley, I was at that game. Um, he scored against Leeds as well. Yeah, that. see? He loves scoring against Yorkshire clubs. Um but I just think we haven't picked the best players to, to take that role. Memphis obviously was a young player who looked promising, never quite did it for United. Michael Owen, what did you expect? Uh, Valencia gave it back. Uh, Sanchez and Di Maria, they're ones where you kind of think that shouldn't have happened. Um, but I just, I don't know. I reckon Sancho comes in, give him the number seven. Don't worry about the pressure of the number seven shirt. He's already got, he's already got the pressure of being 100 million uh, pounds or whatever it is. He's already got the pressure of you know, being the thing that United fans have for so long talked about being the big sort of missing link in our attack as a right winger. Um, if you can handle that pressure, number seven is just a little bit extra on top, isn't it? I won't worry about it. What about you, John? Do you think that Jaden Sancho is has got the, the sort of the right attributes, the right personality to, to fill that number seven shirt, the one that's been so problematic over the last 10 years? It does, but I think... There's an interesting choice of words. I think the word filling the, the number seven shirt, I think that kind of needs to, as much as this might sound horrible, I don't, I don't think filling is the right word. I think there needs to be this new connotation to the number seven shirt. Of course, we, of course we have to honor and respect and live up to the, the greatest expectations of players you know, over the, over the years of uh, history that we have with the number seven shirt. But with that being said, I kind of agree with what Joe is saying. I think it's, it'll also be a nice, maybe not a change of pace, but it should be a nice new, uh, a new era to, to try and uh, to instate that new number seven uh, meaning for somebody like Jaden Sancho. And, the, you know, these young kids to come out and, and uh, you know, honor that number seven is, is a huge honor in itself. But I don't think adding extra pressure by saying, oh, you need to be like Ronaldo, you need to be like you know, Beckham, you need to be like these old players and live up to their legacy. I don't think that's necessarily all that healthy. I think what we need is to try and push this, this language of, hey, you guys are leading this new wave. You guys are leading this new era, this new charge, these new youngsters with Martial, Rashford, you know, Sancho, Greenwood, you name it. You know, I think you guys are going to be at the helm of this new era. And I think that's more the language we should push rather than the whole, oh, you're going to live – you know, the names of Antonio Valencia, Di Maria, and Michael Owen, you know what I mean? Like, jokes aside, you're going to want to try and allow them to, you know, create their own little history. Mm. Big boots to fill. What do you, what do you think, um, Casey? Do you think that we do put too much sort of, I don't know, too much attention towards that that, that number shirt because of the likes of Cantona and Beckham and Ronaldo? Or do you think, do you think it is a little bit sort of over overplayed how important that is for I Manchester think- United? I think we the number seven's kind of had that history behind it, and we tried to do it a bit with the number eleven. Like we were like after gigs, it's like who will carry on Giggs's legacy. But it's like bringing it back to that shirt. It's kind of like it is just a number, and I feel like some players have got in their heads about it. Age is just a number. Yeah, <laughs> We're not bringing that back. <laughs> no, not from the last Devils podcast we were on. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> it is. Players need to stop getting their heads about it. I mean, the thing is, is we say the 15 goals thing, but I don't... I, I, I said think this, it's 15 goals. I, think I, I said this before. Di Maria wasn't actually goals that bad mm. in it. He got four goals. I think it was 11 assists in the season, which is not a... He started off well, then he got played a month, I think, in his yeah. first. And Memphis did as well. I think both Di Maria and Memphis 
were player of the month. Yeah, in the he first did that season. lovely chip uh, first, against Leicester before he got sent sorry. off. A um, lovely and chip. And then the wheels came off. Yeah. So I don't think he did that badly. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, we have this expectation, but we should have that expectation on every player to perform as well as that. So it's it shouldn't be put on the person who's wearing the number seven to be the person who carries us forward and everything like that. It should be the whole team should do their jobs and we should win. <laughs> and also United have had plenty of good players with in a lot of numbers as well. Like our number tens haven't been bad. Like there's a there's an elite list of people to join there with Rooney, Van Nistelrooy, Dennis Law. Like it's the number seven gets so much attention, but it's just because we've had good players in a lot of positions. Like we've, we've got we've had very good number twos, we've had very good number ones, we've had good number five. Like it's number sixteens. All, all most of the numbered shirts have had world class players playing for him because we've been a good team for so long. So the pressure of number seven, I think, is I don't know. It just I don't. Does it? How much do you think it weighs on the players? I don't know. But I think, I think it's that just like that. It's that superstar. Like whoever's ever always been the number seven has probably been one of our best players, if not our best player. Uh, like uh, yeah. best Cantona. Mm. It's weird though because Ronaldo. like some of those players, like best people forget. Best wore eleven a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. As well in the sixties, people yeah. would change it. Yeah. Yeah. whichever. Bobby Charlton used to wear different numbers. You no, know, Beckham's first number I think was twenty-four, mm. but. For me, number seven became a thing with Ronaldo. Yeah. And it was like, because he said he didn't even realise when he got the given the shirt. And then it was like, oh, well, Beckham's at it. Robson's at it. Canada. Yeah, exactly. And it became, and then obviously the whole CR. brand. Yeah. yeah, the CR7 thing, it did be a bit, it went a bit sort of more commercial. Uh, the number aside, John, how excited are you at the prospects of Jaden Sancho coming to Old Trafford? I mean, you guys know over the course of the year or so that we've been talking about Jaden Sancho, I've, I've come on numerous podcasts, numerous videos, and I've told, I've said, Jay, clip me up. I don't care. We're picking up Jaden Sancho. You could, if we don't get him, and it's, you guys can blame me all you want. I, I just, I can't, I can't even, I can't even imagine how, how exciting the football can be next year. I mean, We've been needing young talent for a long time. We've had good young talent, but we continue to need to bolster the squad uh, given the competition around us. And Jaden Sancho is one of those players that are super exciting. He, he's got a, a, a world of potential ahead of him, and he just needs to keep his head down and, and you know, continue working. But the quality alongside Rashford and Martial, man, that front three with Mason Greenwood continuously knocking, oh, man, that's going to be an, an exciting, exciting exciting front line to watch and I just can't wait I mean just just the emotional roller coaster that Manchester United fans have had not just over the course of the decade but just in the season itself has been an up and down roller coaster so for us to be able to end on a potential high with potential to even end higher and and start the next season with somebody like Jaden Sancho in in the squad I mean that that's just a dream come true honestly is there any Airing on the side of caution here, Joe, or is it just low? He's going to be amazing, like John said. John has been waxing lyrical <laughs> about him since the, the late 90s. Yeah. So, <laughs> is born. there any, yeah, before he's born, that's how much John rates him. Um, is there any part of you that thinks, oh, you know, I don't know, could this stifle Greenwood or do we need nah, some lower I don't expectations worry about the, or anything, anything like that, or is it all just positive? I think it's all just positive. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about stifling Greenwood. You need more than one good player in each position. Agreed. Um, and we we certainly need it. Greenwood, who's been sensational this season, isn't a right winger. No, you're right. Uh, and, he, and, and he can play there. And maybe while he's you know he's not maybe strong or he doesn't quite have the physicality to, to play as a number nine. Uh, maybe a right wing position suits him better. We saw that with Martial when he was younger. We saw that. Uh, well, we've seen that with with many players. You start as a winger or you're a striker when you're a kid, and then you have to move out wide sometimes. And sometimes you stay out wide. Um, but 
I don't think having another right winger is going to be a problem. We haven't really got any. No. That's the thing to remember. We don't have any. We've had Mata playing there for a few years, who isn't a right winger. We've had Jesse Lingard playing there. We've had Dan James playing there, who uh, is, a, is technically a left winger, but he can play there. Um, we need we need a right winger, and and just because we've got one player who plays quite well there in Mason Greenwood, that doesn't mean that oh well that's sorted then. You need more than one good player in every position anyway. Um, but I'd, my only concern maybe about the age is whilst it's great to say look how good this team will be in four years when Marshall's 20, 28 and Rashford's 26 and Greenwood's 25 and uh, sorry Greenwood's 22 and um, and Sancho's 25 you look around Europe and you look in, the, in history and there aren't too many teams that win a lot of trophies with a front six that's got an average or a front five that's got an average age of 23 um, and not saying that we can't win stuff or you never win anything with kids because you know how that turns out. But I do maybe think we need to pepper in a, a couple more um, slightly more experienced players. I think we did that with Maguire quite well. But, you know, Wan-Bissaka 21, Lingard 25, which is still pretty young for a centre-back. Uh, Maguire 27, who's, like I said, he's one of the more experienced players in the squad. We've got Matic, who's obviously over 30. We've got De Gea, who's over 30. And that's it. And I'm not saying we need an older team. But, uh, you know, at some point... Those average ages, look at the top teams, their average age tends to be 28, 29 when you start winning those big uh, trophies. And that's still six years away I from most of these players. Make a point. I think the thing that, you know, you mentioned that you can't win anything with kids thing and people always go on about 1996. Yeah. And it's it's sort of taking on this new narrative with the whole class of 92 thing. Yeah. But 96, we won that title because of people like Roy Keane, Gary Palliser, Steve Bruce, Peter Schmeichel, Eric Cantona. Yeah. Eric Cantona was on like a one-man crusade to almost take us to that double towards yeah. the end of the season. And he was in his late 20s. So yes, players like Beckham, Scholes, the Nevilles, mm. um, Giggs all played the part, obviously. But but it was more, a lot of it was those experienced players yeah. because you know our defensive record towards the end of the season, we won loads mm. of games 1-0. Eric scored the goal and the defence got obviously got the clean sheet. And the defence's average age was like 29, 30. Mm. And Eric was in his late 20s. So it wasn't just about children. And I'm not in any way suggesting don't sign Sancho because No, he's I young. get where you're coming I from. I think though. it's great that he's young. We might yeah. have him for 10 years. Uh, I just think if we want to win the big trophies in the next 20, 24 months or two years or whatever, uh, they're so young, I'm referring to them in months like they're babies. I was going to say 24 he's, he's 24 months, months, is a, months is a, old. Is a rogue um, choice. Uh, but if we want to start winning stuff, I think we maybe need to fill in you know, a central midfielder who's a bit got a bit more experience or a left-back or a centre-back or whoever it may be that just has a bit more experience. Those mid to late 20s players we're kind of lacking. We've got Pogba, we've got um, Fernandez who's 26, but other than that, it's, it's a very inexperienced front line, isn't it? I mean, you're right. I mean, it pains me to say, but you look at the Scousers yeah. and um, what sort of helped them get over the line. You know, they bought Van Dijk, I think, was mid-20s. Um, 27, I think. 27. Right. James Milner was a massive influence on them. He'd mm -hmm. obviously had that experience, won titles in his 30s. Um, Casey, how far off do you think we are from challenging from the title? I'm going to move the subject. Yeah, Casey. To. Casey. Don't, you know, go on, give me an easy question. Jay. Well, if, you know. <laughs> when are we going to win the when, league, When are we going to win the league title? Tell me now, and this will get clips up. It's, give us a season. Yeah. It's hard to say. Because. Obviously. <laughs> just say it <laughs> anyway. The team... With Sancho, the front line looks like it's sorted. Like mm -hmm. Joe said, it's finally we actually have someone who can play on the wing playing on the wing. Because the thing is, we've been playing Matt and Lingard there who just pre preoccupy and go into the number 10 spot mm -hmm. sort of thing. We've had Di Maria and Mkhitaryan. We bought both of them. We stuck them in the middle. And 
sorry to interrupt you, but remember as well, we've only just got a proper right back this season. Like we didn't have a right back or a right wing for a few years. We had Valencia playing there, who was a converted winger, yeah. who was a good right back. Then we had Young. So that right hand side's been, you know, sorely uh, sort of underdeveloped. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Sorry, I just needed to say that. Thank you, Joe, for that interesting point and get it uh, and supplement my argument. Uh, but the midfield looks like it. It's the first team's good, but it definitely needs squad depth. I think because I squad I, goals, as I've said multiple times in like fan cams and stuff. Once Pogba and Fernandes come out of that midfield, you kind of lose a lot of creativity. So you need someone who can prop that up a lot, and that's what. Uh, Liverpool do well is that their midfield however it's more functional than creative well, you mentioned the scouts as well I was like, I'm not going to do anything I'm sorry you brought them in for he said win the league and they are the champions <laughs> they are current, they're current champions God, but they're, they've got a functional midfield but they can rotate anyone yeah. out of that midfield and put someone in like they can take Henderson out put in Fabinho and they can take out Wijnaldum they can put in Oxlade Chamberlain like there's a there's always someone else mm. who does the job as well as the player they just took out is that, his, is that his name Wijnaldum right, sorry, That's how Steve says Wij probably <laughs> It's got it off Steve. Steve's probably which, said Wijnaldum. I'm not one for uh, pronunciation. I think we need another centre-back. I feel like we need a season to bed in with those players mm. and see what happens and maybe get used to playing in the Champions League again and having that high-level competition and challenging in cups and stuff like that. But I can, I can see us challenging in a few years. In definitely. a few years? Maybe two. Right, okay. So 2022 really will to, win the league. Willing to put it all on the line yeah. with that prediction. John, you're the most positive guy I've ever met. Go on. When are we going to win the league? <laughs> I was going to say, I was also going to say two years. Um, two years? That's being optimistic, though. You have to understand, you know, we're coming out of a, a pandemic here. Economically, financially, all the clubs are across the board are going to be rattled. Um, and, you know, Manchester United are not a club that's going to be, you know... Uh, absolved of this problem as well you know i'm sure we're probably having financial situations as well however that being said ideally speaking optimistic from an optimistic standpoint let's say we were to continue investing like potentially like a jade and sancho let's say we are continuing to you know up the ante here with respect to bolstering the squad two years you know it, it sounds crazy maybe given given how crazy manchester city and liverpool have been over the over the course of the past few years maybe it does sound crazy but it also doesn't sound too bad if we can continue to um, build a squad with the with the uh, with the momentum that we have. I mean, yeah, I know I, I live with like, I live with a Liverpool roommate. We talk about Liverpool all the time, unfortunately, and I understand and I and I, I get smacked, I get slammed in the face with how good they are. I understand that, and we're still far, we're still miles miles and miles away. But it doesn't hurt to dream, doesn't it? I mean. You know, prior to prior to David Moyes, Louis Van Gaal, you know Jose Mourinho, we've had moments where we we did dream, I and mean, we've had moments where we were like, ah, we could do it, we could do it. We've lined up being Barcelona in the Champions League final, we got smacked, but we still dream. You know what I mean? Like, why can't we? I can dream about two. I can dream about a potential title run in two years. Why not? I mean. We were dreaming about it when fucking when Zlatan and Pogba was smashing it. Why, why can't we dream about it now? No, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. All joking aside, I think you are. Is sort of you got to be realistic. 
we are what thirty odd points behind the. Yeah, the, but the that top. goes away dead <laughs> so, easy. Look, you know, look, look how far City are behind. You've really point. convinced City Joe. Is. Joe City. was cheering no, yeah, your name me. while you were talking. I was cheering your name, but because I agree, not because you convinced me. But you have convinced me a little bit as well. <laughs> look how far like City beat Liverpool last season. They're twenty plus points behind them this season. It doesn't take much for a huge chasm of points to be filled or to be fallen into by the team who are, who are above them. Uh, yeah. if, if, if Liverpool have a couple of injuries next season, not this year. We're not going to win anything this year. Well, we might win something, but as in the 2020-21 season, we're not going to win the league next season. But Liverpool's average squad age is like 29. Yeah. So they're going to either start have to start selling players or giving those players a one last contract or bringing new players in. It doesn't look like they're going to be strengthening too much again this season based on what Klopp said. And as good as Liverpool have been and they've been very consistent and there was that whole thing of 99 points out of a potential 105 that they'd won at one point around Christmas time. But... We've seen with, with Man City this season, we've seen it with Manchester United a couple of years ago. You have a big change or at least you know one of your major, major players is injured for a large portion of the season and you can drop 20 points. 20 points is confidence and is a couple of injuries. It's not like, oh, we've lost our whole squad and we've still only dropped six points. We've, we, it's been proven multiple times that it doesn't take too much disruption for a team to drop 20 points on the, on the points teller they, they had the season before. And as we've seen with Liverpool, it doesn't take that many signings, if they are the right signings, for a team to gain 20, 30 points on where they had been. And Liverpool had been stuck around you know, 60, 70 points for the best part of 30 years. And then all of a sudden, what, 95 points and then 99 points? Like, it didn't take that much. It took a good manager and, the right, and three or four of the right signings. But it took, I get where you're coming from, but it took Klopp what, five and a half years to get there? Yeah. So would it not say, Ollie, something similar, do you think? Well, maybe. I mean, listen, yeah, I'd, love, well, I I'd love you two to be right and say, you know, but I, I'm 2022, not, we're lifting the title. I'm not saying we're going to lift the title. Jay, Jay, the, cynic. We'll, Jay the cynic is killing everyone's fun. No, I'm, I'm not, not killing anyone's I'm not fun. necessarily I'm saying we're going to lift the title. I think would, would you expect Solly to take five years to win the title? I think he's a realistic I question. I think all you can ask is a title challenge. Yeah. And then what happens in those final weeks and those final games comes down to the temperament of the players, a bit of luck, good luck with injuries. You know, you're playing against sides that are in bad form when you happen to play them, that sort of thing. But a title challenge is the thing that... If you've done that, like Liverpool did last season, yeah. that was almost as successful a season as this season, except they didn't quite win it. I mean, that in was terms of a ridiculous amount that. of points to, to not win the exactly. title, which made it all the more... Well, so if we're pushing for a title challenge the it. season after The next, fact that they didn't win a title because of John Stones yeah. is quite funny. But <laughs> yeah. you just got to get in that position where you, if you push for a title three seasons in a row, generally you win one of them. We, yeah. saw that with, we saw that with City. It might come down to a team bottling it in front of you. It might come down to an exceptional run of form that wins you the league, like we saw with City last season. Uh, those, what was it, 13 games in a row they won or something at the end of the year. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But like Liverpool, they've sort of plodded away, getting excellent points, excellent points. And this season, they could have won the league with you know 10 points, one, 15 points one, less than one, they did. One thing they've done, and you mentioned it, is Stick they, around. They, they've built, like, they got the sort of the front three in order. Yeah. They, they bolster the defence. You mentioned they give themselves options in midfield. If you're only, only going to solve Shard now, as UK say, what's your next priority? Because, all right, your attack line now, I think, is pretty much done. It'd be, maybe you might bring in a strike. I'd be very surprised if we did. Mm. He spent a lot on defence. I'm not saying he's finished there. What's, what's your next priority if you're only going to solve Shard? What's the next signing you'd think, right, this is the most important area I need to strengthen? So, obviously, the Sancho's deal is on its way. We it's hope. 96% we hope. done. We are, we are very, very hopeful that Sancho is coming. 96.5. You improve the defence in terms of you get a different centre-back to Lindelof and Maguire because they are the same player. I've said this however many times. You cannot have them both on the pitch because they will make a mistake eventually. That's the thing. But then you look at the team because when you look at the teams that were, were successful in the Ferguson, 
you had maybe two, three players in every position who were as good as each other, and you were like, yeah, fight for it. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Like, if you're the best player, you'll play, but fight for it. And then it ended up with, like, Ever Vidic, Ferdinand, all that. But then you had, obviously, Wes Brown had some fantastic games. You had John O'Shea who had fantastic games. I mean, they're not the same standard, but you can't, like, out of that sort of boiling pot, mm. you had, like, Vidic and Ferdinand, like, we are not letting anyone go past us because we know that the manager will drop us for someone else, no matter what, if we make a mistake. So it's the sort of thing is you need to create a squad where, yeah, you might have to bring in some more younger, hungry players underneath Fernandez and Pogba, but be like to Fernandez and Pogba, like you drop the standard, you'll get replaced. Like you will get replaced. For I don't even think it's necessarily you drop the standard. I get where you're coming from, but like Rio and Vidic, realistically, were never in danger of getting dropped, but they got to a point where they missed games. Mm. Rio's had you know, numerous injuries over the years. Yeah, and you know, 2008 when we won the double, I remember, I think it was against Barcelona, where it was, was it Wes came in at centre-back mm, mm. and if he played right-back all season. Yeah. And I think Owen Hargreaves was at right-back and it was one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen from Manchester United side. So I get where, you know, you do have, you need yeah, options. You need that sort of thing, but then also you need options, like you said, when injuries. The, the thing is, is that we have, we are building a good team. They then need to look at ma- making a good squad because you look at, like you can say now, who can do Pogba's job if Pogba comes out of the team? You're looking at your ball players, you're looking at Fred, who can't do the same sort of passes as Pogba. Mm. If, and then you're looking at going down even further as Andres Pereira. And it just kind of drops off slightly. So, so is, what if, sorry to interrupt, no, Joe, but if your next signing would be what? A midfielder center. or a centre-back? Um, my next signing would be a centre-back. Mm. Centre-back. Because I feel like we need to, like I said, we need to take Maguire. Maguire's the, the starting centre-back. He's never got, he's not going anywhere. And Lindelof is, is the cover of that centre-back. Right. That's the sort of thing. They're both the same sort of player. They both should rotate with each other and that sort of thing. You need a physical centre-back to um, complement him. Bailly would have been the perfect choice if he wasn't made of glass sort of thing. And it's unfortunate that he is, but the thing is you can't rely on him. You can't re- say, you can't go through a season and be like, I am happy to have Eric Bailly as my starting centre-back because in five games, he might have a knee injury and be out for 10 or 15. You've got to get someone in who you are saying, I'm happy that he will play majority of the games and if Eric Bailly's there and we need him to fill in for two or three games, we can rely on him to do that because then there's less risk on that sort mm. of scenario happening where we're less with a makeshift defence. Of So I say centre-back and then I'd go into defensive midfield. Then I'd probably... I would, Starting a striker in terms of rotation, if you can get one, is good, but that's not a massive priority because obviously we're going to lose a Gallo. So maybe having a third choice striker isn't the worst, but there's other options for that. I'd go for someone to uh, be behind Fernandez in terms of creativity as a, as a number 10, a creative number 10 that you can either rotate with Fernandez or because we've seen as he's getting more tired in these, in these games, we're not going to have a scenario again where the games back up as they have since lockdown but you can see once he needs a rest he's been a little he's been a little off the boil especially in those last two or three games yeah no 100% go on then he said centre back followed by a midfielder followed by number 10 followed yeah. by possibly a striker I think in that order I would I go I defensive right. midfielder exactly. first I think if if, we can get, if if Chris Morning comes back and as, as sad as it is to, to say for, from his perspective, I think opinion, he'd be, he's a better rotation than Phil Jones and he's more reliable physically than Eric Bailly is. Um, <laughs> right, agree. Which is crazy to say because Chris Mullen was... But, but but John, John's a big Chris Mullen fan. I'm John. a big Chris Mullen fan. 
I think Chris. Uh, I'll, I'll, I, I still think he was the second best centre back in the league under Van Gaal behind Vincent Kompany. That's that one season he outperformed everyone except Vincent. Oh my I've god! Always said, somebody I've put always some said respect I'm, on Joe's name. This is what I'm talking you. about. What the hell has Joe been all my life? Yeah, oh, exactly. let's go, Joe. Keep it coming. You should I'd get a room him. as a backup, though. I'd have him, and I don't necessarily buy into the whole Lindelof and Maguire can't play together because they have played together this season. We've had the most clean sheets in Europe. We've had the second best defense in England. We've uh, we've lost only uh, uh, more games than Liverpool. Everyone else, we've we've lost less than. I think defensively, you know we've been good. Castillo, Macaron here, I'm allowed to say it as well. Lindelof was my player of the year for 2018 2019. Yeah, I think, he was, I think he's been I good. I think over the course of that season, both for Jose and Oli, he was very consistent, yeah. unlike some of the others. And I think one of the reasons that they've struggled in certain games, especially earlier parts of the season and at the very end of the season, is because the players in front of them were either lacking in quality or lacking in fitness. Um, and during the time when we had our best our best choice midfield who were fit and, and, and healthy... Uh, they, we hardly conceded at all for that. For about 14 games, we conceded three goals after Christmas. Um, and I don't think the defence is the problem necessarily. I think the, I'm glad you mentioned it before about uh, Eric Bailly being injured and f the physicality of uh, sorry being available physically. One thing that n never really gets taken into account, or it does, but it's kind of brushed to one side as oh, it's just you know a bit of luck. Injuries is such a massive key to winning the league and being lucky with injuries. It's it's so huge and it's and it's unfair because you can't coach it. It's not the man. It's not up to the managers. Certain players are excellent players, but if they're not playing, it doesn't matter. We've had our best player injured for nine months this season. Liverpool. You look at the teams who won the league. City had problems this season, have, having won the league easily or not easily. But with loads of points well, last year, you, you, they've dropped loads because of one player being injured. That was Laporte, yeah. Because yeah. well, that's you look funny, at Leicester, they lost the Bruins the, season, the season before, didn't yeah. they? But we're able to manage it. We're able to manage better, it. Better, but but it depends who's injured, obviously. Yeah. But you look at Leicester, the season they won the league, no injuries. Liverpool, no injuries. Yeah. It's huge. I, I, I take I, I take a point of someone who's not in the title challenge, but if you actually look at it the way it is, Southampton did very well in the back half of the yeah. season. They got where they were with Danny Ings getting 22 goals in every season prior to this he has been an injury prone exactly. player if you, you got injured for any it's, part it, in that season they were I they think were one done. of the reasons people don't focus on injuries is because it isn't coachable and it is luck and you don't want to sort of spend all your time worrying about luck but I think the fact that Harry Maguire played every single minute this season in the Premier League is absolutely massive to the reason why we conceded 30 less goals in 5 more games this season than we did last year John what do you reckon if you're Ollie um, where's your priority Joe sort of said that he doesn't think the defence is as bad as been made out. Obviously, you know, we, we are, I think if we do get injuries, you can't account for that. But if someone like Pogba or Bruno was missing, it's, we're in a little bit of trouble. So where would you be prioritising? If you're only going to Solskjaer and you're kicking down Ed Woodward's door right now, who, you, who are you demanding? You know, I think Joe was spot on, but just to add on to that, I think availability is so crucial. You know, we're not even talking about quality. We're talking about availability. You can, you, it doesn't matter if you play a 10 out of 10 every game. If you're not available, you're not available. And that whole bit about Pogba was spot on. We were missing it for so long. Um, and, and to add what Casey was saying, there are teams around us over the past few years even that have shown that, you know, if you have the proper replacements, especially in, in, in the world of football where there's just so many games week in, week out, you have to have the right squad and the right replacements to be able to adjust the squad and do well and to continue to perform. Uh, we've seen that in, uh, with the likes of Spurs over the course of the few years. Now, they haven't done well, um, in my particular opinion, with, with, uh, post Pochettino, but just before Pochettino left, especially even when they were going against that, you know, that title run against Leicester, even in that Champions League run that they had uh, up until the final. 
Harry Kane was gone. Harry Kane is one of those guys that are out is out like almost every other day. This guy has has one of the most unfortunate uh, availability records. And Sonny stepped in and deputized in that forward role. You know, squads like that always have ideas in terms of how they either replace in terms of uh, players coming in from the squad to just deputize or shift things around and fill in other areas. Manchester United, we have. A, a decent squad in terms of replacement, but on an availability basis, we're still behind. You know, we're talking about the fact that Phil Jones is still around is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, this guy, look, I'm going to say it again, just for, for you haters out there. I like Phil Jones, the guy. I think he's done great service for us. But the fact that he's, fact that he has knees made out of glass, the, the, the shittiest glass on the planet, it just goes to show how thin we are in terms of squad uh, availability. Eric Bailly, unfortunately, has the quality, but, you know, has a really poor injury record. Let's say something unfortunate were to happen to Lindelof, uh, sorry, Lindelof or um, uh, McGuire, where we're going to miss them for a whole chunk. We're not going to have to, we're not going to allow ourselves to rely on a Phil Jones or an Eric Bailly to come in there and slot in. That just creates unnecessary panic. It creates unnecessary stress. One of the reasons why we missed Pogba for so long this season, uh, this past season, was because he had an injury niggle. We brought him back on. We brought him back on. He stepped out again. And then when he returned, Ole just decided to just throw him into the mix immediately. Throw him just without, you know, any sort of build up into the 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 recovery, if you will. The return, if you will. And um and, you know, in, in Ole's defense, he had no choice. He had to throw him in. We were, we were um, in a bit of a pressure. But things like that added to more pressure and added to more, you know, trauma because we, we ended up losing Pogba for even longer. We ended up losing Rashford for a bit there too. So we have to add players. I'm sorry, it might, it might have been on, if I went on, went on a tangent, but we have to add players based on availability. And I think center back is definitely a position that we continue to need to bolster and we continue to need to refine. We need to refine. I think that's more of a better word. We can add numbers in midfield. We can add numbers in attack. And, and then maybe there we can worry about quality. But purely from an availability perspective, we need to add to the center back position immediately. And that's the most biggest concern for me. When I'll just ask you this, John, you say about adding a center back and everyone sort of mentioned that and I get where you're coming from, but is there a danger? I mean, what worries me is we're going to go out and we're going to get a player. You know, we've been linked with a lad from Lille and, and a couple of others as well. who were like 27 million pound players. And it's like, if we bring them in, are they better than Axel Tuanzebe? Are they better than Eric Bailly? Or are we just swapping one seven out of 10 defender for another seven out of 10 defender? Do you get where I'm coming to? Do we need to go out and, and go big? Or is it just a case of bolstering the squad with another defender who's probably at Axel's level? You know, I completely, uh, I completely empathize with the uh, with the fans uh, on on that on that respect. And while I love our youth players, while I love Axel, I love you know Timothy Fosomets, I love these guys. I think they've, I think they definitely have the potential. But if if they're not getting games and if they're not being allowed to sort of thrive and get their opportunities more. Um, Maybe behind the scenes, there are people who think that they just don't have what it takes. Who knows? I mean, nobody knows what, what the discussions are uh, in, the, in the back end office, but we just need to sign somebody that's going to be able to uh, give us a bit of a more assurance. And if um, they don't believe in, in the quality or the potential of uh, Timbo or Axel or any of these players, then we have to sign them. I, I, I agree that 
I personally don't see right now, unfortunately, uh, maybe this might be controversial, but I just don't think that they have the quality to, to, to add to that, that potential, if you will. So like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily think that Axel is going to be able to come in and do a similar job to Victor or Harry uh, with, with all due respect. I, I love Axel to death, but I just think we need somebody else in that echelon. I just, I just don't think they're, they're ready. And I, I don't like using that word because we sang that song about Jesse Lingard for years. And he's the most youngest senior player we have in the squad. And, and granted, you know, he's going to give us maybe a different season next year, but I just don't think Axel or Timbo is there yet. And I think if we're going to try and build a squad, that's going to be potentially tight, you know, challenging for something, challenging for a title, challenging for a cup, challenging for a trophy. We need to add a bit more quality in that respect. If you will, I don't know if, if I said that correctly, Jay. No, I get it. And there's always, everyone's reluctant and myself included to doubt or question mm. players that have come through the academy and are still relatively young. But I mean, you know, this was meant to be for me the season where Axel proved his worth. And just because of injuries, he's not had a chance and he may have missed that chance. I don't know. It remains to be seen. Um, in that sort of vein, looking at the Europa, we've got the Europa coming up now. The squad's been named. I know we've got injuries and stuff, but youngsters are getting a chance. Do you think that this is going to be a competition, Casey, for Oli to, to give the youngsters a chance throughout it? Because I know the first game is obviously against LASK. Um, well, we're, we're, what are we, 5 nil up? 5 nil up. It's at Old Trafford. I mean, even the most cynical pessimistic United fan like myself can't see us messing this one up um, so my point is does he keep with the youngsters throughout this competition or is he just to give him a game now or and then we'll, we'll bring in the, the more experienced players as we get into the tournament in Germany I feel like this first game you can do whatever you want really you can put as many youngsters in as you think you can put in Ted and Mengi could me and Joe get a game if you wanted to you reckon, go if on. I played up front and yeah. Jay played uh, right left, wing, yeah, right wing. Right wing. R- would United get knocked out? Could the other nine players carry us through to just only lose 4 0? 4 1, I'd score a penalty. Yeah, he chose scores a penalty. T- I think he'd be touch and go. Do you honestly no. think we'd lose? <laughs> I th- if you put a full strength team and me and Jay in, we'd still be LASK. <laughs> And that's no disrespect to them. If I mean, I'd, to be fair, I'd only do 10 You can't say that and say no disrespect to LASK. <laughs> no disrespect. No disrespect. Like, actually, a 40-year-old who's never remotely played any decent disrespect. level of football. A lot of and, of and Joe, who doesn't take it very seriously. With, quite frankly, a lot <laughs> of disrespect to LASK. Uh, we'd still win that match. Carry on, Casey. Well, the, yeah, sorry. We're in so much to do that. If you put me in, we might lose. <laughs> um, True. I'm joking, I'm joking. Joe, we played five aside once. This yeah, all right. I'm messing right, about, let's move on. Don't uh, get sensitive. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but you you look at that team and you can put whatever youngsters in, I think. You've got you've got five nil. No matter what that result is, no one's unless we lose by more than five goals, maybe six, obviously to put us out, then no one's gonna bat an eye at whatever happens in that match. You can put in whatever youngsters you want. Mm-hmm. The youngsters should do the thing. I'd like to see a Gallo get a couple of games since because it's like he's going to be leaving at the end of this thing and I feel like he, he's done well in Europa so far so he deserves to have his chances there. Uh, Mason will probably play, as I said, Ted and Mengi, James Garner, all them lot get their chances. But as we go further on in the competition, I feel like it just depends. You can probably put youngsters in, but I feel like it's still a chance to win silverware. And a chance to win silverware is so always... Would you mix it up or would you, do you go... I would, go uh, what's the word? Go, words go big or go home, is it? 
go uh, hard or I, go I wouldn't I wouldn't say I wouldn't say <laughs> go big or go hard. Yeah, go big or go hard. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean. Do you think though, semi-final, all he's looking at it going, yeah, um, or quarters even going, this is silverware, top three in silverware Ooh. is an amazing season for me. I feel like you always have to look at silverware as if you have a chance of silverware, you go for it. You don't mess about. Like, I would say you have to, there's a, there's a, a line you can play where it's just like, we can play some youngsters, but we still have to take this seriously. We can't be like, oh, just all the under 18s play. Yeah. So right. I feel like players should play like Fernandez, maybe rest for two games, then mm, play again. That's what I was saying the other week. Yeah. Uh, Marcus and Fernandez are the ones that I think need the rest the most. Mm, yeah, definitely. But players like Greenwood, I feel like Greenwood wants to play. I feel like Garner, I feel like Pogba should probably be given a rest seeing as how he was injured and then just kind of came back and played every game. Mm. So it's... Uh, I think... I see Cam messing around with the cameras out in the corner, yeah. Um Right, yeah. so what, what do you reckon? I... Yeah, the first game's just going to be absolute Wild West. Mean, players you who you don't debuts. remember that even played for the club. Alexis Sanchez might get a game. Players that will be uh, on MUTV in 15 players that years. Be on MUTV Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling yeah, turning and up. The youngsters, <laughs> and it's a good chance for the youngsters as well. We're acting like it's just a nothing game. For some of these players, this is the second time, you know, in Laird, assuming he plays, this might be the second time he's ever played for Man United. Like, the, this is, these are huge games. This is a huge game for certain people. Um, obviously, in terms of the club and uh, as a fan base, it's maybe not the most enthralling of matches. It's a, essentially a dead fixture. But for these players, this is the difference between a five grand a week contract and a ten grand a week contract if you play well and this is the sec you know this is a big game for these for these lads so I, I don't want to downplay that much but I think <coughs> the tournament as a, as a whole Ole has to sort of slowly ring the the cloth of quality yeah. slowly ring just slowly cloth you can't quality. see this John but slowly uh, Joe is Joe's doing hand doing actions a, a yeah. slowly <laughs> ring the cloth so of quality yeah. into the bucket so as we go we we get more and more. The, the, the next round, it's you very, may be, very good. That thank you. That. Next round, you may be bringing uh, Pogba or uh, Shaw or Wan-Bissaka, yeah. these sorts of players. And then, the, if we get to the semi-final, then you've got almost. I feel a full like strength you team take this first be, game as it's it like if you play well in this first game, we might put you on the bench or start you in later games. Yeah, but you need to actually try and win. Well, yeah, if you know if Ethan Laird has an excellent game or. Uh, you know, Ted and Mengi has an excellent game. You might play in the quarterfinal, uh, and then if you have another ex excellent game, you might play in the semi-final. But I think we've got to bring players back. Solskjaer needs a trophy, um, and he knows as much as anyone. I like to say with with Solskjaer that he, he seems to put the club first. He puts United ahead of himself a lot of times, or at least he makes it seem that way, which is something that we haven't had for a long time as a manager, uh, in a manager, should I say, at United? Um, but I think for his own sake, get the Europa League, get a major trophy. Um, that would be massive for him and, and his legacy at United and the confidence of the team under him at United. So, yeah, slowly ring the, the, the cloth of quality as the tournament goes on. And by the end, full strength Can we get team. that on a T-shirt or a towel? A of towel course. would be great. Um, I'll sort it out tonight. Um, John, oh, hang on a minute. I've got tier one podcast on the screen. Although no, it's, it's gone still now. there. <laughs> right. Um, not, John. To not to subtly plug that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Good guest coming up this week. Um, John, what do you reckon? Do you reckon Oli should slowly ring the cloth of quality? As Joe said, or should he uh, go big or go hard? <laughs> there are your two options. Those are your options, John. No, yeah. no Which options. one is it? Go soft or go home. There's yes. your third option. Yes. <laughs> what do you reckon? You know, I've been saying that uh, there was, I think it was the game against Wolves in the FA Cup, or I forgot what it was, but there was a moment where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really had a test where he was going to either rest a whole bunch of his players and focus on the Prem, or... Mm -hmm 
or fight on both fronts. And it was a gamble. And I think he gambled a bit poorly. And we kind of stretched ourselves thin. And we were fortunate to have, you know, to have, you know finished the, the Premier League on a potential high. But given that the season's pretty much done, um, it would also be it'd be logical to say, let's just push, go hard or go home, not go big or go hard, go hard or go home. But I think it still is important that we take care of the players. I know the summer break is coming up, but given the potential cup run that we'll have, I think maybe down the, down the spine, we should rest to keep players. You know, you, you, you guys mentioned Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez, Harry Maguire, these three names, they've been running and gunning for so long and for so hard. You could tell, you could tell the, the, the legs were just giving up on Bruno Fernandez, and he wasn't even trying to show it, which made it that much more painful to watch. I mean, this guy was so goddamn tired on that pitch, and he was running and he was running like his life depended on it. And while that's appreciated, we still have to be very careful about how we treat these players in their health uh, situations. You know, I mentioned it before. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gambled with Pogba returning too early, made him go back and get even more uh, a, a bigger surgery and take even longer. Some say he needed to have that surgery before. I don't care what it is. He brought him back early and, you know, whether or not it was the right or wrong decision, he couldn't protect Pogba in that situation. And we risked it. He couldn't ra protect Rashford's health in that situation. And he risked it. We don't need to take that kind of risk. We're 5-0 up. Right now isn't, isn't the, the time where we go hard or go home. But this is the time where we sort of mix in the crowd, bring in those young players like uh, Joe mentioned, give them the opportunity. This is the, the, the chance of their lifetime to get themselves mm -hmm. even closer and, uh, to get themselves one step closer to the first team squad, uh, to the first team and get themselves one step closer to achieving their dreams. Why not? This is an opportunity. This is the kind of game where you rotate and uh, allow the, the bigger boys to take a break, take a rest and then, and prepare themselves, you know, for the much more crunch games later. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, and I agree. I think this is it. It's almost a, a complete tap in this one, isn't it? Play Lee um, Grant. Sorry? Play Lee Grant. Give Lee, Lee Grant. Grant it might again. be another. Was it Astana where we had the likes of Lee Grant and Ghana? You know, interesting about Lee Grant. If you look at the tw uh, the players when they tweet or into, uh, post their Instagram, all the winning teams have Lee Grant in it. Just goes to tell you something. You know what I mean? Maybe he's the key. Yeah. Uh, this forget the Henderson, the hair debate. It needs to be the the Lee Grant. Henderson, the hair debate, and John obviously thinks Lee Grant should start. Mm -hmm. So we'll end it on that. I think that's a good part. That's our title. John Shin quote Lee Grant should start and we'll win the title. I think was was if I put the two quotes together, that makes perfect sense. Which is how quotes work. That's how quotes work. <laughs> Famously, you, you, yeah, the, you just you take, take two bits of separate ones, smash. just put so them you together. Take out the parts you don't yeah. like. Yeah. Take out any context. So <laughs> Lee Grant will win us the title. Yes, says John Shin. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll, it's like it's like the Markman wise. It's like it's all the right words, but not particularly in the right yeah, exactly. order. <laughs> exactly. John, um, thanks for joining us. Where can people find you? What are you up to? Uh, well, you guys can just come chat with me on Twitter, uh, uh, Mr. Josh. And I don't, I haven't been doing much on YouTube. Just been preparing a new potential podcast series with my friends here. But other than that, just uh, hanging out on Twitter. Hanging out on Twitter. Go follow John Swin on. John John Swin John Swin on Shitter John Shin on Twitter That's his brother hey, Forgive me John's twin um, You know where to find Joe Joe Shit on Smither Joe Smith on oh, um, Twitter Yes so. and, and you're doing Watch Long Aya Yeah With Have you got a Bruno Fernandez coach We've Is got Bruno Fernandez as coach I think he's joining us We've got Stephen Housen We've got me And we've got Adam McCullough On the Watch Along On Wednesday Tomorrow I'll be doing the tier one podcast later this week. We've also got a big interview coming up, which, 
You'll want to check out. Casey, you've done the news, done a good job. Yeah, apparently. Lots so. of people loving you. We're very proud of you, Casey. Yeah, Thank you. good lad. It means, it means hey. a lot to me. Thanks for all the love. Hey, it, it means a lot. Yeah, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, uh, Casey underscore Evans underscore, and on Instagram, it's linked somewhere. You'll You'll find, find it. You'll, you'll find it. it. You'll find us. He's not hard to, to find. find He's making it easy for you. Yeah. Guys, don't forget to hit like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to hit subscribe. That's what I was. Yeah, I've just said that. I'll repeat anyway. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Jay, subscribe. Jay, Jay, Jay Jay's getting loads of views, but we need more subscriptions <laughs> and also there's membership as well membership there's lots of things you can yeah if you if you become on. a member you get extra podcasts you get behind the scenes videos you get loads of extra stuff for becoming a member and you help the channel out as well so if you want to do that do it and so even if you don't want to do it still do it this has been the devil's podcast that's been john shin that's been casey evans that's been joel smith i've been jay motty thanks for watching Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.